welcome to the podcast known as the Hourglass of Isabella. I'm here with... Daniel. Hello. What are we talking about tonight? Today we're going to talk about Star Wars. Your favorite topic in the whole but, world. Yes, that's right. That, <laughs> that intro sequence, incidentally, was not actually from Star Wars. It's actually host the the planets, the, the, the Mars, suite. the Mars, and that's actually what inspired John Williams uh, in making the Imperial March. I didn't know that. So now you do. Well, and again, you've taught me something new. It's hopefully not copyrighted. Hopefully not copyrighted <laughs> for the podcast. We're assuming not, but it's good educational information to have. So to kick this podcast off, because this is a vast topic, and it's something that we could easily discuss for hours because of a vast fan audience and the love and sometimes hate that people have for this show it's a very conflicting and beautiful topic <laughs> so without further ado let me ask, so what wait, is, how, are we, we started this are we going to start at the beginning i uh, know i'm gonna i'm not gonna i'm just gonna jump in we're not even gonna do that i'm gonna ask you first of all we're getting his notifications off but first of all what is your favorite star wars movie uh empire strikes back why because it's just the best it's the best. It's the best movie in terms of, of the the cinematography and the the dialogue is tight and it's funny and it's it, it has just the right amount of romance and it doesn't end happily. It's not contrived. It's true. It doesn't have a happy ending. But for people listening, who maybe never seen it. Can you tell us? Like, I know which sounds everyone's like. How, you how haven't that, seen how it. How can that be? And yet, I know a lot of my younger friends who've definitely not seen some of the original Star Wars movies and for my generation and millennials we grew up with Gasp the prequels which were we all agree awful right, right? It's, some, it's somewhat of a you know it's interesting when you look at it because the original Star Wars movie was was made kind of in a standalone fashion right uh, it didn't it didn't have any sort of context George Lucas will tell you that he had planned out all these other things and he imagined it as part of a larger thing but at the end of the day it was a singular film that was inspired by sequel type films like like Flash Gordon sort of serials you know that so sort of thing so I heard that it was inspired specifically he'd watched a samurai movie there, there is there is very much that yeah we just actually just watched an episode of Clone Wars the other day that was dedicated to Akira Kurosawa so yes it, that, that is definitely true and there's lots of inspirations for it but I think what makes Empire the best movie is that um, you know Star Wars is tight into itself, unto itself, but it didn't really have any sense of, of, of really character arcs or developing, you know, you know, any sort of any sort of complexity to it. Whereas in Empire, they they knew that they were going to be able to have a second film, which allowed them to have the the great cliffhanger ending. Also, they didn't have to sort of reintroduce all the characters, and so sometimes in a film, it's a, it's hard to both introduce a character, develop them, and then have them grow. I think that's a, a difficult thing. You know what I think is the best character development moment in that movie? Star Wars is brilliant in, in the originals of having limited dialogue that is still deep, deeply meaningful to the overall plot. And there's this moment where Leia is like, I love you. And Han Solo is going down the thing, he's like, I know. <laughs> it's just it's brilliant. I actually brilliant. read an article about that just the other day. Did you? Yeah, apparently... Um, uh, Harrison Ford and uh, and the director or the writer Aaron Kushner, uh, I think that's his name. Um, they they decided to do that on their own. They were they were kind of you know kind of playing how what his response should be, and they changed it without telling Carrie Fisher. And Carrie Fisher was pissed because you know she thought that she should you know she's in the scene too, and that it would, that she should have some input on this rather than being informed about it. So what what and I it, like what I like about that though is the knowledge, and obviously this is. 
and and I'm sure some of you guys will know about this listening to this, but it's the knowledge that came out actually it wasn't even too long ago. Right. So obviously while Carrie Fisher was still alive, where she basically said, Yes, I did have an affair with Harrison Ford but on he was set. married and it didn't work out. It didn't work and, out. And so by the time they got around to filming Empire you know, it, it was, was one of those done. situations where it was, it, I, I think it's fascinating. I think watching it again, the chemistry is so clear. That's because chemistry the chemistry remains. Real. I mean, even though the practicality wasn't there, obviously we can't continue to have this affair. But the chemistry was still there. It's not like they decided, it's not like they had a relationship that ended in, in a way where they said, you know, we don't like each other. They still obviously liked each they other. They worked together. It couldn't happen. And yet, you know, and then and then he has he, they have to go and, and, and act that scene. I, I love that. I think brilliant. I think knowing that even later though, it adds so many layers oh, of so depth emotionally to those scenes. When you rewatch it later, even from the beginning, you can see they're really falling in love and or lost with one another. But that passion and on-screen chemistry is real. Yeah. And that is undeniable, and it adds such a beautiful arc to the whole story overall. I feel. I think so too. I think so too. And in fact, uh, it's well known that Harrison Ford was actually supposed to die in Jedi. Is it? Yeah. What? Tell yeah. me more. No, it's true. He was supposed to die and sacrifice to the to the rebellion and that was, wow. that was what was going to happen. He would have never been Ben Solo's dad. Well, of course, there were also supposed <laughs> to be uh, Wookiees and there were Ewoks instead, so I, there, there, there I was know, some selling okay. out going on all around the place. I know a lot of people hate Ewoks, okay, but as a, as a kid growing up in the 90s, I actually watched this. Just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I watched <laughs> I watched this animation defense. called The Ewoks <laughs> and it was like Yes, right. I remember that. Yeah, and it was actually like very in my opinion very well done. So a lot of people hate the Ewoks and think it's very contrived and cheesy like when I'd watched this animation kid, I really loved them and I'd seen the dynamics and the character development through the cartoons, but the most poignant thing is we're talking about the original movies for me was, you know, the whole Slave layer thing. Like, that was mind-blowing, groundbreaking, you know, growing up. And do I think it shaped a lot of my fantasies, strangely? Yes. Absolutely. And well, I know a lot you know, of friends and, and, who and agree. And for me, I literally came of age. All puns intended. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in, in that moment. So, yeah. So, I think, I think, I think Slave Leia is definitely... And well, so, so, here's an interesting thing that I, that I think would be a good, a good topic of conversation. Job which of is, would No, I was going to say is the... <laughs> The, the sexiness in Star Wars and in, and in science fiction in general, because I, I've noted many times that, that science fiction has tended to stay away from, you know, overtly sexual. That's not uh, true at all in the beginning. It was in the, the beginning. That's yeah. right. That's right. I mean, I mean, I mean, Flash Gordon. In, in recently. Yes. Right. Flash Gordon is a very or sexy Lex. movie. Right. Lex or was it was it was good. That's true. That's true. But, but by and large, I, I think the, uh, the, the, the genre in the, in the, the in the 80s and 90s and, and and in the 21st century has generally not had that much sort of you know sexiness in it I mean, what what year was Lex made in I feel like that yeah was Lex was made in the 90s so that or maybe even 2000s. in the 2000s yeah yeah because I was definitely coming of age around the time Lex yeah. came out those of you who don't know was a very adult sci-fi and what's happened I think there was a long tradition a lot of you won't know about this movie it's a movie called Barbarella and it starred Jane Fonda, Jane Fonda. when she was very beautiful but it was a very sexual based she's movie she's still very beautiful right, she's, she's actually she's gorgeous I don't know what surgeon she's got what's going on there but she's amazing unrelated to this podcast topic <laughs> she could make Barbarella now she could do Barbarella <laughs> now which is is crazy someone gave her some youth 
serum somewhere. She's beautiful and always has been beautiful is the point. Lawrence Barbara is a very sexually she charged in the blood of virgins. sci-fi. Well, still actually being quite female empowering in a strange way because it has a lead female character, which yeah. I like that tradition of sci-fi movies. But even things like Flash Gordon, again, have very sexual undertones in them. But now... I think it's just a cultural state of mind where we drift away, and it's and it does relate into feminism and and, and that idea yeah. of film. I mean, to be fair, they, they did try to go there in Return of the Jedi with Slave Leia, and it was widely, uh, you know, panned, and 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 he got beat up for it. So. Well, yeah. Well, his thing is actually, in fact, so as we know, Disney bought Star Wars, and Slave Leia is now a princess. They actually discontinued all Slave Leia merchandise. That's a, one of the first things Disney did in order to kind of combat that. But I'm a strong What about believer. Slave Jasmine? Slave Jasmine, too. In fact, if you watch the most, that's actually a great point. In the most, So those of you growing up who were millennials right, or older will remember in, this, in the animation, the Disney animation um, for Aladdin, that there was a scene where Jasmine was put by Jafar in an hourglass, which is we called the hourglass of Isabella. There's, there's actually some relation there. But it was like he trapped her. No, it's kind of like a form of bondage in a way, but she was rescued. She was Predicament okay. Predicament at the very least. Predicament bondage, right? So also growing up, that definitely shaped some of my fancies. And I know I've spoken to a lot of my female friends and they actually agree with that statement. And the same thing with the slave lair is it does shape it. But in the most recent uh, live-action version of Aladdin, they ignored that scene. But I learned even shockingly more recent than that, they actually had that scene and they just didn't include it. And if you look online, you can find screenshots. So they wanted to be true to the original because it's nostalgic and that's what people know. So I think, I think honestly, the ultimate thing is that it's, it's okay for girls to express themselves or be sexy on on film, I have no problem with that. I think so long as you're still homing in on that message of female empowerment, ultimately, it's okay. But we're now in a particular generation where it's definitely not okay, and you could you couldn't get away with what Aladdin did then. Now, likewise, you couldn't get away with Slave Lair and Jab the Hut. I don't now. see why she chokes Jab the Hut out. It's great. She, she, she That's takes him why out. I love I mean, it. She takes him yeah. out. She's like, okay, you've captured. She went in by herself, dressed as a bounty hunter, badass, to save her boyfriend, not one, you know, her yeah, yeah, yeah. on-screen love affair at that time by herself, which is pretty bold. And now we know later. She she yeah. actually had Jedi training and stuff. I think it's straight up female She's empowerment. She's awesome. I think Leia and Carrie Fisher as well as an actress awesome. So let's drift away from the original. So I know we could talk about... I could talk some more about Carrie Fisher. Talk about Carrie Fisher. And it I was, really enjoyed, uh, recently, we watched a, a Netflix show on, <laughs> on, on psychedelic drugs. And, and it was called Have a, Have a Great Trip. Yes, yeah. Have a Great Trip. And, and a fantastic documentary. Really but, good. But there's a wonderful sequence there of uh, Carrie Fisher talking about uh, her first experience on uh, LSD. And she was out in some, she, she was off in, in like Thailand or, or some, some place in, in Southeast Asia uh, on a beach, you know. Uh, she's you know, dressed, she's, she's actually dressed as Leia. Something like this, yeah. She had but, the no, she's, but, but she's on, yeah, but she's also, she's topless. Yeah. Right? Because she's just, and she's hanging out and she's on drugs and she's topless and all of a sudden she realizes like this this tour bus comes up Japanese tourists Japanese buses, tourists yeah. and there she is and you know everybody topless. just recognizes her as Princess Leia while she's on acid you know and she's topless <laughs> and they took a lot of pictures and it's a true 
That's a true I story. Think, I think it's a, it's a brilliant story because because it must be very. I mean, as a as an actor, right? You know, that's who she was. I mean, you know, it was typecast. You know, yeah, she, she, that she was she was all, she, Princess Leia. It became know? her life, and it was and it was exactly who she is. So I can imagine that you know, in some sort of mind altering state where you have to reflect on that idea that you know that you are somebody else. So my favorite <laughs> Carrie Fisher story. And I bet a lot of you guys haven't heard that story. He just said, oh, this story is that I watched, I actually like ghost hunting and paranormal stuff, complete sideline here. But uh, I was watching a paranormal documentary, I think about five years ago, and they would talk about celebrities' experiences that they'd had with ghosts and stuff. And he had Carrie Fisher on as a guest, and she had an experience that she had met this young man and they weren't romantically involved. Um, I believe he was actually gay in his persuasion, but he lived at her house. They were super close and very, very close friends. And um, he did a lot of drugs. And of course, as we know in Carrie Fisher's history, she did a lot of drugs. She struggled with opiates and different things in her life. Um, But at this point, she was kind of getting over that. But her roommate was obviously still very hardcore struggling with it and so she went back to her house and went to sleep one night and she woke up and her roommate during the night had crawled into her bed because he was also having a really hard time with drug experience and he had OD'd and when she woke up Carrie Fisher looked over and the roommate was dead in oh the goodness. bed next to her and it was one of her best friends in the whole world she called the police the ambulance everything they came they said yes he had a heroin overdose and she said she was tra- she was understandably so traumatized by the experience but then apparently this guy had some kind of catchphrase with her that was very unique and he apparently knew George Lucas as well so Carrie Fisher and George Lucas were working on some project together and they had a Star Wars doll that had like a little pool thing in the back where it could like make a you've seen like I've got a snake in my boot from Toy Story it was something like that I know it was a Han Solo or something but they pulled it back and the doll had the catchphrase of her friend who had died in the bed. And they both, her and George Lucas, freaked out, dropped. The doll apparently ran on the room because <laughs> they thought they were being haunted by her roommate. Wow. True story. Both of them uh, acknowledged that. It was just a side but curious story. But let's, let's move away from these main things. So we are now at 14 minutes in. So we're definitely... And we've gotten past Empire. We've gotten... We get a little Jedi. Past Empire. So let's... I want to talk about something I think is underrated, but something you and I vastly adore is Rebels. <laughs> it's pretty obscure. So tell, pretty us, obscure. tell us first of all what Rebels so, is. So, so Rebels is, a, is an animated series uh, that takes place sort of right before uh, A New Hope, or before original Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And so it's basically sort of about the, the formation of... The rebellion, and and and, and it, you know, in, in the in the context, there's basically a, a planet, and there's a there's a you know small number of rebels on this planet called Lothar, I think it is yes, something like Lothar. that. Lothal, maybe. I think it's Lothal. Anyway, um, and and yeah, and they're they're basically fighting against this this empire that is that has come to be, um, and and it's basically just about this this little troop. And and what's interesting about it, I think, small is that troop. there aren't really Jedi. I mean, there are. Yes, but, he's, that's why he's great. But, okay. but, but basically, it's just a, a, you know, it's a basically an abandoned Padawan um, who grew up and kind of knows about the Force, obviously, you know, believes in it, and but he, he's not actually a Jedi. And he takes on um, a student, even though, you know, he's not really capable of doing so or competent at doing so. And so there are a lot of misadventures with that as well, which I think, I think it's very interesting. And, and then the, 
the the student uh, Ezra uh, is is tempted by the dark side and and has and has a lot of adventures on the dark side as well. What is it, what is it that you like about Rebels? Okay, so I like so the the chap that he was talking about, who's like the Padawan who had to grow up without the training and everything, is K- his name's Kanan, and he picks up Ezra, who's this kind of rebellious youth, and I love watching Kanan because of all of his faults. He's not perfect. He's not this Jedi who... We watch things like the newest Star Wars and we see Rey as a heroine. She just picks her stuff up. She's badass. <laughs> you know, she takes on Kyla and she's just like, fuck you, you're going out. She's amazing. She's like, she does a really good job. But I love Rebels because it's the complete opposite. Kanan is really not very good as a Jedi and they show his human side there, which makes you more sympathetic to their plight and the struggles that they have. And I think as a woman watching it, there's a character called Hera, and she's a Twi'lek, which is, if you think about Jabba the Hutt, he had the dancing girl, Ula, was that her name? Something like that, yeah. The girl who falls through the floor and is eaten by the creature. So his Twi'leks have always been very characterised and discriminated against this very sexy race with their head, head tendrils and stuff they've got going on. Those are very sexual tendrils. They are, but actually a part of their mating thing has actually got a purpose to it. And the length is depending on how old you are as well. Um, we'll talk about Ahsoka later in, in Clone in Wars. Section. But she's actually a separate, just so people know she's not a Twi'lek, she's actually a separate race entirely. Ahsoka Hera is, what are yeah. you talking about? Hera? But Hera is a Twi'lek and she's got this green skin, but she's this master pilot. And she's part of a Rebels team in this little animation that takes and it's place. it's her ship, I think. After Clone Wars, it's her yes, ship. It's her ship. And she's such an admirable character, and she falls in love with Kanan, and their relationship is very relatable. And it doesn't, I love it because it's quintessentially Star Wars because it doesn't end happily. It really right. doesn't. The whole but show I, I think, ends I think, I think you're, really, you're really sidestepping why you really like Rebels. <laughs> Chopper? <laughs> Can we talk about Chopper? Chopper is a, uh, a droid. He's an R2 unit of some fashion. He's an R2 unit. He's, he's kind of orange and white. Like R2, R2D2 is blue and white. Chopper is like this badass, attitude, sassy, salty drone who actively commits he's murder. He's an android. He's an android. He's a, droid. He, he, he's a droid, sorry, not a drone. He's a droid, but he actively commits murder a couple of times with no emotional capacity there, which is how you'd imagine a droid would be. But Star Wars, whether it's C-3PO or R2-D2, they tend to add emotion right into their characters, right. which is cute. But Chopper is hardcore while still being loyal and good on task. Like, he is, the, in my opinion, the most admirable character in the entire Star Wars history, is this little droid. <laughs> so if you've not admirable? seen it... Admirable? I don't know if he's admirable. Yeah, he's got some he's real... He's a thief, he steals. Oh, he's great. He likes, so he, wants to, he, has, he has like an off-coloured leg. One of his legs is, doesn't match, and then he sees one in the, in, in when the they're at port. He's supposed to guard the ship, but instead he goes and steals he his leg. He steals it, yeah. And then gets himself in all kinds of trouble. But he's definitely saved their asses a couple of times, hardcore, yeah. and saved them. When they there's wouldn't this, be able to save There's one episode that's great, because they, they encounter this other droid. Yeah, he's... Droid's super helpful, and everybody loves like the other pro- droid. It's also a protocol droid, I want to say, similar to c 3 It's got a British accent as well. A little more judgmental-sounding. That's right. That's actually, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's the same episode. And he, anyway, he ends up, you know, sending him out the airlock or They get whatever. jettisoned into space, both of them, the chopper and this other droid. Yeah. And it's beautiful because this droid is floating in space and he has this very Shakespearean moment where he's like, yes. the beauty yes. all around me. And 
I'm, anyway, let's, you've got to watch it to believe it. So just when I say Rebels is an amazing series. Admiral Thrawn, who is... Yeah, you haven't spoken about Admiral Thrawn. As a blue blue skin character, his the tension and relationship between he and her and the pilot are just amazing. So watch it for that alone, if anything else. But let's, let's go on to Clone Wars, which a lot of people here will have probably seen growing up. It was, at least in my childhood, a very popular thing. And I yeah, think so it Clone Wars actually started out, interestingly enough, as just a, a bunch of shorts. Like really short, like 20 second, uh, 30 second, you know, episode sort of things. Uh, in between... Uh, I want to say right? I want to say it was in between two and three, so in between Attack of the Clones and um, and and Phantom Menace. Can we just not, agree not on, Menace, on but, one uh, thing? Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to disagree. I hate the prequels. Yeah. I can't stand Jar Jar Binks. I couldn't understand him. He contained half the plot line. I just thought it was so poorly put together as a thing. Right. No. It was. It, it was terribly constructed, just as a film series. Um, I, I think the the dialogue was atrocious. I mean, there was way too much of it for one thing. Um, yeah, didn't yeah. care for it. Yeah, but back, I, to, back to Clone but back Wars. To Clone we Wars, don't even have to is, talk which, about the which, which, to be fair, I I had started watching once upon a time, and it would just bored me, and I got you know, the first season. And then is hard. I'd been told by several people that you know it gets better later on, and so now we're about we're on like. Three, um, we? We're about halfway through our season three. Yeah. And it's, and, and it's it definitely gets getting better. better. It definitely picks That's up. That's what I say. If you're watching a struggling, yeah, season one is kind of cardboard. And yes, it's very cartoon esque and childish, but then it deals with a lot more political and adult situations. And especially with our current political climate, I think there's a lot to learn from it in the, some respects. Yeah, the sure. government control and power, the term power corrupts, right? And government officials and the evil underdoings there and business dealings gone wrong. So that I think. It's actually, it's a good thing for kids to watch too, because I think there's a lot for them to learn about it. Not to blindly trust the yeah. people that they're listening to. That's powerful. I, you know, I, I found the, the animation style a little off-putting at first, but it's Yeah, cool. I'm not. And likewise with Rebels, that was the first thing I watched because it was the same animation style as Clone Wars. I found it off-putting and too, too childish. Yeah. But once you get past the, the basicness of the CGI there, it grows on you and you actually start to love the characters. And so Ashoka, is it Ahsoka or Ashoka? Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Ahsoka Tano, the Padawan of um, Darth Vader and his Anakin, I guess, his early days. She starts off as this very annoying background character, but she actually grows on you as this very kind of lovable, powerful figure in her own right. And she really grows into herself and learns things and... In fact, she's actually included in Rebels, like her and Darth Vader face each other off. And it's so much more meaningful knowing that she was the Padawan of Anakin and, and that she really loved him in that way, in that kind of brother-sister way. And that she had, they had to grow up and face each other off makes it so much more meaningful and adds so much depth to Rebels as a show. So we watched Rebels first and then watched Clone Wars, but I would highly suggest if you've not done it, watch Clone Wars first and then do Rebels after it, especially during this whole pandemic thing. If you're looking for something to do in your spare time and watch, it's a great answer. Now, let's move on to the most recent movies. Must we? Yes, we must. It's it's worth discussing. I think people would agree. And by recent movies, you mean the sequel movies, not uh, Rogue One or No, no Rogue Solo. One was great. And Solo I've not actually seen yet. You may have tried to convince me to do so. Uh, I'm talking about the, the, the actual 
sequels. Yeah. yeah. So so when when the first uh, sequel came out, I actually really liked it. I, I, loved I it actually too. felt that it was more Star Wars than Star Wars in the Had sense a lot of that it was a lot of nostalgia. It, it really felt like they just took Star Wars, put it in a blender, and 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 didn't really come up with anything particularly new or clever. But they didn't. But need that was to. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. In fact, I liked it because they had a lot of the old Star Wars feel in it. I really liked Moss. I thought she was great as an additional character there. And again, that female empowerment way. I loved Rey. I thought she was great as a female Jedi being the lead and the British accent. Previously, I think the British accent had always been reserved for the Empire as a very evil it's actually kind of thing. something that's very strange about Clone Wars is that people with British accents are good guys at that time yeah <laughs> but but in general Star Wars history I think we if we think about the British accent yeah. we have a sense of it being related to Empire right I'm not saying it's discriminatory or anything. <laughs> British accents have always been used for villain roles throughout history. It's just a well-known Forever. trope. It's a, it's a cinema trope. But I loved the fact that Ray had a British accent. It kind of pleased me and gave some, you know, some nice balance out to that in the Star Wars universe. And honestly, I know a lot of people hated Kylo Ren, but at first I really liked his character because, Ken, when we talk about Kanan from Rebels and his flaws... I liked that Kylo was completely imperfect. He was like this emo, fucking out of control guy bashing up controls to a point where what was the skit that they made with the radar? Right, the uh, they did the uh, the undercover boss. Undercover boss yeah, skit so with Kylo, and so much so did that become canon that in the most recent movie they actually included the radar. The uniforms were actually included in it. They made that canon, which I thought was a beautiful not of the hat unfortunately you know and I did like I did like the blossoming the tension between Kyle and Ray I thought they could have done so much with that more than they ended up doing and unfortunately second movie came well, out so second movie they actually developed that far more than most people were comfortable with and you seem to think that it was second movie I thought yeah. it was awful so, space horses, I mean, really. Yeah, the space horses were terrible. That but you like the fact that there was still chemistry between them. There was still chemistry, but at a distance. It wasn't really addressing it. And the whole, can we talk about Snoke and how, how well, who is he? Who is how he? unworthy Do we, is I still don't know. How did he die so easily? He just seemed like such an, an, a villain, I think, should be built up to be feared. Why did he have a giant hologram in the first one? But he was actually, Why is he so large? But then he's not really large. I always think, okay, if it's theory about modern movies, hear me out with Snoke, okay? So basically, he shows up this huge hologram and he's obviously CGI but he's a mixture between Dobby the elf in Harry Potter okay and then he's also a mixture of Lord of the Rings Gollum precious you know my precious ring he's both of those characters and it's just a design that someone somewhere it's the same actor okay they did that on purpose there is obviously synchronicity there but I found it difficult to watch because I couldn't believe he was this badass villain. Well, like, Emperor Palatine has a history that they've built up now that is nice and believable. Like, if you watch Clone Wars, Palpatine is actually what? Senate, is well, so here's an governor. interesting thing about what it, right? Is, so, yeah, he's, right now he is a uh, chancellor. Chancellor, Palpatine. And yeah. he's meant to be this good guy. Well, and here's the thing that I think where, where, where it went awry is that when you're trying to do a, a sequel trilogy, right... You really should have some sense of, of what that plot arc looks like so that everybody sort of, so that things build up and they develop properly. And I think it's pretty clear that that whole Palpatine idea 
that they brought up in the last film had no, they, nobody was thinking about that I, in Phantom Menace uh, or not Phantom Menace, but in uh, Force Awakens. Can I right? tell you why I didn't understand that? Okay. So Palpatine, and it's badass that Rey could be related as Palpatine. I thought, what a cool plot twist. Awesome. So she gets to wherever she's going and there's this huge audience, apparently which are all clones of Palpatine. I'm like, how did they have the time to build this audience on these platforms and these hundreds of people cheering there? And then they don't really describe what happens. Like it's well, like yeah. it's a show. Show's over. Now right. we're all just going to well, die. Well, and the whole concept that there is a Sith planet somewhere, and that what, there are people living on the Sith planet. Are they Sith? Are they just fans? What 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 is the well, deal? We don't know, right? Because I mean, like you know, it, you know, one one of the terrible things I think that they did in the in the original uh, prequels was this idea that there can only be two Sith ever. Right? Did they do that? Yeah. So there's so there's one of the one of the one of the one of the, the lines in, in one of the quotes. Very few quotes, but there's this. There can only be two master and apprentice, and okay. which is to somehow explain the idea that you know that and what's supposed Good to happen bad, is that apprentices kill each other, and sometimes apprentices kill the master, and that's fine too, as long as there's only two. Everything's fine. Balance, and right? Order. Balance yeah. and, and and something like that. Um, except like except that then of you them. know all of a sudden yeah in the past we know at least from other video games and stuff there used to be thousands of Sith right and then you know as soon as it gets to Clone Wars all of a sudden you have Sith Inquisitors you have and even in even in the movie you've got General Grievous and he's off swinging around lightsabers and stuff. You know, yeah, but he doesn't actually. But character. he doesn't actually have Sith powers. But what what does that mean? But he's also robotic. But he's also kind of got this human attitude. Yeah, I find him to be a very annoying so, so, character. So so I, I think you know there's some room to play with it. And you know if they wanted to actually develop that concept of the Sith planet, they could have done so, and they could have had three movies to do so. But instead, they tried to shove it all into the last movie. Oh. They brought it out of their ass, and they just they were just like, here it is. Here is this turd that we came up with for you. And it doesn't... So when you try to describe plot arcs and character arcs, they, they don't make any sense from the first movie to the last movie. Well, it doesn't. The, the and sequels. this concept that, like, first they're like, well, Palpatine must have had sex with someone. And, all, and then later they're like, actually, he was just a clone. And right, but, clone but so, but so here's an interesting thing about that. That was not actually in the movie. Yeah, they didn't right? include it. I it's agree. not in the movie. It was like in some Script. you know press release or something yeah. that somehow came out later on. And it wasn't like didn't you had no sense. idea. Likewise, the, the initial sequence of the movie supposedly takes place on Mustafar, which is Darth Vader's planet, but they don't explain why, how, or anything else. It just and they don't even they don't even I don't even think that they actually tell you that that's the planet. Yeah. You know, and somehow you're just supposed to know that. To know that. Terribly. I mean I just the, they, the, the editing was awful and, and, and the exposition was just lacking. They entirely. left a lot of major characters to the sidelines to like the whole the whole um, Poe and Finn thing they just like okay now you're background characters and well and it. they had that weird thing that they did in the movie where he kept wanting to tell her something but he never, but he never actually did. told her it and yeah what was what that? was it I mean was it just that he was, was force of, sensitive and that was whoop de doo there was all loose ends I don't that know. weren't tied up correctly even to be fair even Kylo Ren's death, I didn't agree with because I thought, why could you not redeem a character who's gone through all this effort and you've built up this plot line, this character arc, and he's going to die, and it's so weakly, and the kiss and everything, it just came off flat and But also the fact that you, written. I mean, I think it's really bad form to kill a character twice. Yeah, I right? hate the coming so back you, from a so dead. You, you yeah. kill, okay, fine, you kill him, and he's dead, and then somehow he gets to see his dad, and oh, what, what? And then somehow he's not dead, oh wait, no, he's not actually dead, and then he comes back, and then he saves her, and then he dies. Oh, no, he's not dead. Oh, but then he's actually dead. So that, that to be fair, was my... <laughs> it's just ill-conceived. I mean... 
this happened a lot in not just that movie, but the movie before. So we talk about Carrie Fisher. That whole thing, that sequence where Leia is out in space, right? And she somehow uses the Force well, so to in, propel herself Mary Poppins style. Like, she could have had the, the umbrella. But here's the fucked up thing about that. The fucked up thing about that is that she was already dead at that point in real life. Carrie Fisher had died. And we watched that movie, and you're like, whoa! And all of a sudden, you know, like, they... And, and to, so I find that such bad form to fuck with that because it's like, okay, so we know that she's going to die in this movie... Only she dies, and then she doesn't die. But what was weird at the time, they were, keep, they were making characters who were alive, like Harrison Ford, actors who were alive dead. And then they were taking characters, who their actresses, like Carrie Fisher, were dead and making them alive. So it was kind of like... And, and I get difficult. the concept that, that, that supposedly, you know, they were going to do a sequel, and each one of those, you know, sort of main characters was going to have their movie. So, like, in the first movie, it was going to be the sort of the Han Solo movie. The, sure. the second movie was actually, I think, originally supposed to be the more Carrie Fisher movie, and it didn't work out. And then the third movie was somehow going to be more Luke skywalker Or maybe it was that they decided that they were going to... I don't know. But the point is, that was kind of the concept. And so, and yeah, it sucks when one of your main characters dies and you have to sort of work around it. Can I just bring out something about the, the whole Luke Skywalker thing? Not only did I feel like they made him really weak ass in the new movies, the whole thing where he is milking the blue titted alien thing on the island and he's literally and he's wiping off the blue milk off of his his moustache his beard I was like that was unwatchable why did they do that to him he's such a great character you know and that whole thing where they're setting fire to all the Jedi knowledge and Yoda's there it just seems so uncharacteristically not honest to the original movies or history I disagree I'm gonna gonna have to disagree with you here and tell you that Luke Skywalker is always a little bitch Right. Ever since he's whining about how he wanted to go to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters, you know, he's always whiny. He's always, you know, he's just he's not a good character. He it's it's very obvious to me that that he is the product of evil. Right. I mean, you know, he was conceived in evil. He's conceived by evil. He's just he's not a good Jedi. And so, if, you know, for you not liking, you know, characters or liking characters that have flaws, he's a very flawed character. Yeah, it's fine because I like I like him in the original movies, but I didn't care for how they portrayed him. You didn't like him. Uh, when but, but it, it was I, the milking that really did it. Was did the milking it. was awful, and also Chewbacca and the porks. You know, can we talk about that for a second? And then they just dropped those porks. Were so cute, and they dropped them so fast. Yeah, what happened to them? I thought it was. This is a question that we all want to know. And let me tell you the evidence that I see. It's Chewbacca okay? ate them. So in the second movie, there is a scene where Chewbacca is is grilling up the pork on the spit, yeah. and then the other porks see him, and then he feels bad. Does he eat it? Of course he eats it. Yeah. Of course he eats it. Yeah. Right? And so then, well, the at, the end, at the end of the movie, we see Porgs nesting in the falcon. Right? And we see one hitting up against the window. Hitting up against the window. Yeah. Exactly. There, there are characters. They have, they have, they're, they're living their lives in the falcon. Right? The next movie picks did you, up. Did you know that uh, Porg has a name? Its actual name, canon name, is Turbus. Turbus. Yeah. And so then the next movie, no Porgs. So what happened to them? Do you think that they rehomed them? No. No, he ate Chewy, them. I mean, Chewie just ate them. Chewy ate them. Well, so I will tell you. I will tell you my one. Uh, oh, just okay. So here we are at the. At the I think that's a great part. I was thinking Chewie eating this them it? was a great Chewy part to good? leave it. Can honestly. I can I also mention one yeah. thing about that though? That, yeah, that yeah, my my favorite fact that I learned from the solo movie was that Chewbacca eats people. So there's a yes, scene. I the, do there's a scene in the solo movie where they throw Han Solo fighting. into a pit to feed the Wookiee. Because the Wookiee hasn't been fed in several days, and they're they're like excited that he's going to eat this guy. Yeah. So I just I like the concept that throughout all their adventures together, Chewbacca and Han Solo, at any moment, you know, 
he could have eaten Han Solo. Yeah. He could have just been like, I'm going to eat you. And not even cooked. He's not, it's not a sophisticated sort of, he's not a, he just eats people. Yeah. But he could at any time, any time. eat him. So we've, we've actually run over our usual time on this uh, by uh, quite a bit. But I just want to take a moment to thank you guys for listening, us rambling on about Star Wars. We could easily go on about it for hours. I thought we were going to. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> and I think it's something we could make into... And if you enjoy it, let us know, because it's something we'd be happy to make into a second episode. Because we're actually sitting in the library, the basement of a chateau right now, and in front of me I can see all of Daniel's Star Wars books piling across the library shelf there. So we can do episodes dedicated to each thing if you'd like to do that. Yeah. We yeah. can also talk about other things, too. Yeah, there's so we much. We can talk about Blade Runner. I have, yeah. I, you, know, you can have I've a whole got, Blade a Runner whole episode yeah. dedicated to that. Yeah. Okay. So without further ado, I hope that you guys have a wonderful evening. Thank you for joining us. May the Force be with you. Sleep tight.